Hey, non plus listeners. If you're a craft beer fan, have we got the app for you? Tavor. It's the app for fans of craft brews and trying new and exciting labels. It's so cool. Snag the app from your iOS or Android app store, browse the current list of hard to find 100% independent beers and add them to your personalized crate or enroll in the subscription and Tavor will handpick the highest rated beers that suit your taste. There's no minimums or commitments. And if you're selecting the beers for yourself, you pay as you choose and then request delivery whenever you're ready. Again, there's no monthly limit or minimum that you need to hit, and a flat rate shipping doesn't change with the size of your crate. As many beers as you want, same price to ship. Tavor posts a 100% independent community, over 650 featured breweries from 47 states, and over 7,000 beers tasted. That's nuts. Yeah, you can download Tavor today and try it for yourself. Just use the code NONPLUS at checkout for $10 off your first order of $25 or more. Again, download Tavor, that's T-A-V-O-U-R, in your app store and use the code NONPLUS for $10 off your first order of $25 or more. I'll drink to that. And one for Mahler. I enjoyed in enjoying this movie with you. If you really are into Shakespeare and you and you are also did you to what like, I, just said? I said a very sweet thing to you just now. Uh-huh. What did I say? I don't know. What <laughs> I said I enjoyed enjoying this movie with you. Oh, yeah, yeah. So maybe fucking listen to me from time oh, to time. Holy shit! And you realize that I fucking love you, just, and then I say really sweet fucking things to you from time to time you just fucking open your damn ears my ears are open as is my heart (laughs) well there's the opener Another episode of Non Plus, a gay romp through the Disney Plus vault. That over there is my husband Clancy, and over there is my husband Josh. And this is Non Plus, a mischief media podcast. Hello, honey. Hi, honey. Welcome to another show. Hello. 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 How, how are you doing? I am doing well, as well as one can be doing. Yes. We're not going to do the whole show like this. I hope not. But it's fun for a moment. It's cute for a taste, but not for a swallow. <laughs> Hello, fam. Welcome back. Uh, quick housekeeping. As always, Mischief Media is the podcast network. Enter Mischief Media into your podcast player of choice and see the slew of shows available there. You've got us. You've got Roll 9 and 3 quarters. You've got Extraneous. Uh, what's the one? His Dark Materials, Healthy Geek Academy, Healthy Geek Academy, all that good yep. stuff. MischiefMedia.com or Mischief Media in your podcast player. What's the news look like this week, clients man? Well, there is a new Loki trailer that came out. High uh, key, there's a new Loki trailer. Yeah, high high key Loki trailer. Did you watch it? I don't remember I if you did. watched it. I did watch this one. Um, it's uh, it's super super rad. I'm very very excited. We're oh, basically and- getting more of the plot with it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we we get more Owen Wilson. I want one of those jackets that says variant. 
Oh, that would be how cool. cute would that be? Yeah, like I'm not the real one. I'm from the Berenstain universe. <laughs> it, I, we're getting super multiversey with all of this stuff, and I think um, all, I, I'm excited. I don't I, think anything. All I am I'm going to say is, wow, <laughs> we did enough of that already, and you know we're going to do another one of these fucking cars <laughs> movies. So why fan service? Fan service. Yes. Also, we have the Star Wars Vintage Collection on Disney Plus now. Um, this is like all of the old. TV stuff from Star Wars. So there's that first Clone Wars series that's now no longer canon. Right. That's the really stylized one. It was done by the same guy um, that did Samurai Jack and yes. also uh, the Primal. Yeah, I can't remember his name, but we'll link the Verge article in the thing. I just haven't looked at it since. Yeah, like, no, it, it's super cool. There's a whole Ewok series that's like two seasons. It's like well, yeah, 26 So there was episodes. the cartoon, which I had the stuffed animals for as yeah. a kid. And then there's also the two like Ewok movies, movies. that happened. Yeah. There's also just as a standalone thing, that cartoon that introduced Boba Fett from the Star Wars Christmas special. Yeah. And All I of that's haven't in this. seen this yet. So I, I'm excited to watch that. Yeah. So. so the full list and details again, we'll put in the episode notes. And then finally, um, we got the full cast of the Obi-Wan film, Ooh. but we don't have so much like it's just the list of people in their headshots from Star Wars. Sure. They don't necessarily have all the parts named out for the people that weren't previously announced, but we can assume Bonnie PSC and Joel Edgerton played Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen. Okay. In the prequels. Oh, wow. So you can okay. assume that's who they're going to be playing in this one. Yeah, right? for sure. Um, and there's a lot of speculation about because we're just looking at the names. I think Simone Kessel, they think, might be a young um, Ahsoka. Yeah, and it was also revealed that this is taking 10 years after the events of uh, Revenge of the Sith. Yes. So, so yeah, it fits, it fits in right there. It should fit in right around with all the Clone Wars stuff. Basically, that's what we're getting is a live-action Clone Wars. Yes, 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 yes. And yes, that's yes, exciting. Yes, yes. And just uh, remember that we get all of our research from Wikipedia, IMDb, and Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. So show them love. Show them love. Reference there. If we get a detail wrong, it's because we did not do our own original research because that's just not who we are. It's just not. And quite frankly, that's not why you sign up for this. Hell you no. sign up for this for us to drag some of the ridiculous nonsense that's on Disney+. Plus. 100%. Speaking of. What movie are we doing this week? This week, we are doing the uh, curious, questionable, star-studded Nomeo and Juliet. Yeah. It's a 3D animated adaptation of Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. It was released January 23rd, 2011, directed by the late Kelly Asbury. He uh, was the director of Shrek 2 and Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron. Yeah. Cimmerillion. That's the, a that's a Tolkien thing. Yes. Yeah. It's also important because my mom's horse, Barbie, was the reference horse that they used for the movie. <laughs> it's that old classic Hollywood story. The horse was down on Rodeo Drive and a director I hung mean, out of his car and said, that's the horse I want for it mine. It was a like a stable that was outside of Griffith Park. So like, <laughs> honestly, right, right oh there. Oh my God. Yeah. Th that reminds me, my old boss from Ikea, she used to breed standard poodles. And <laughs> one of the poodles that she bred is the, is Rhapsody in White from Best in Show. Oh. Yeah. And I got so excited when she told me that and she did not give a fuck. She was like, it was just a poodle I sold. Um, she used to talk about artificially inseminating her bitches while on the clock. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, it was written by Kelly Asbury, Steve Hamilton Shaw, Andy Riley, Kevin Cecil, Mark Burton, Emily Cook, Kathy Greenberg, 
Suffice it to say, and it's not even, we we'll talk about this a little bit later. It doesn't go that much to depth in the Wikipedia page. Yeah. Um, this movie went through a lot of hands and clearly a lot of rewrites, a couple of directors, a little bit different production companies. It was a Disney thing. And then it got passed down through the different Disney studios. Yeah. It's all over the place. And that's evident. Anywho, Elton John was an executive producer on this. And that's important because all of the music is Elton. John. All of the music <laughs> is Elton John. I'm talking. We get incidental instrumentals of crocodile rock yes like it's weird and like it calls attention to itself it, too much and way it's too like, much and it's like okay i i get it that this is an elton john song what does this have to do with fucking gnomes i i'm again so confused um yeah. i mentioned that the cast was star-studded let's just lightning through keep Please. in mind as we do this as we go through this ridiculous cast list this was 2011 which was the height of profitability for many of the names mentioned below yeah so it it defies understanding that they signed on for this film unless it was just a a big paycheck b oh hey it's a disney credit that'll look good yeah c each and every one of them gave them out as christmas presents to extended family that year probably <laughs> All right, Josh, lightning round through these. Here we go. James McAvoy is Nomeo. Emily Blunt is Julie. Michael Caine is Lord Redbrick. Jason Statham is Tybalt. Tybalt. Maggie Smith is Lady Blueberry. Ashley Jensen is Nanette. Stephen Merchant is Paris. Matt Lucas is Benny. Jim Cummings is Featherstone. Julie Walters is Miss Montague. Richard Wilson is Mr. Capulet. Patrick Stewart as William Shakespeare. Ozzy Osbourne as Fawn, a garden deer. <laughs> Hulk Hogan as Terror Furminator announcer. Kelly Asbury as Red Goon Gnomes. And finally... Dolly Parton as Dolly Gnome. Creatively named. This is, we didn't really mention her last week because she's been kind of a problematic shit bag in the media lately. Uh, but Sharon Osbourne was a voice in Garfield too. And now yeah. we have Ozzy Osbourne here. This wasn't intentional. And frankly, I was shocked with the level of performance that, that they managed to get out of. Yeah. Ozzy Osbourne. There's some laughs that were just like, that's Ozzy Osbourne. Well, and laughing. even on top of that, like everybody that we just ran through, especially all of these mainstays, mainstay English character yeah. actors chewed up these performances. Oh, for sure. It's just everything else around the performances was downright baffling. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's jump into it. Shall let's, we? Let's get into it. Unfortunately, before we begin, there is a rather long, boring prologue, which I will read to you now. <clears throat> Two households, both alike in dignity. In fair Verona, where we lay our scene. From ancient grudge, break to new mutiny, where civil blood makes civil hands unclean. From forth the fatal loins of these two... <laughs> In Stratford-upon-Avon, elderly neighbors Miss Montague and Mr. Capulet despise each other. When they leave their respective gardens, their garden gnomes and other lawn ornaments come alive. The Montague Garden is filled with blue-hatted gnomes led by Lady Blueberry, and the Capulet Garden with red-hatted gnomes led by Lord Redbrick, who share their owner's feud. In a back-alley lawnmower race, Lady Blueberry's son Nomeo competes against his red rival Tybalt, who cheats to win by destroying Nomeo's lawnmower. Okay. All right. FYI, before we get into any of this, I have <laughs> never seen or watched 
the ro- original Shakespearean ro- Romeo and Juliet. I understand the premise. Well, few people alive have seen the original. No, I'm talking. Sure. Well, shut up. <laughs> I'm talking about like a stage production of it. Uh, a film. You never adaptation. had to read it in high school or college. I'd probably push that shit out. No, not really. I mean, I went to film school, but not for that. It wasn't theater. So like we really didn't That's care about Shakespeare. Super dismissive. It is. And because I Because you do realize that you wouldn't have film without Shakespeare. For sure. Like that's not I under- a bold claim to I make. I agree. But you know, this is Sir. Just- My freshman year in high school, we watched the 68 Zephyret for fucking Zeffirelli, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. And we had this long talking to from the teacher about how we were going to see Romeo's Heine in the scene. Where oh. they wake up and it's uh, it's the nightingale, it's the lark, it's the blah blah blah, yeah. which is a whole lovely scene that is completely removed from the. Not I even had to do. I was hired to perform a scene from Romeo and Juliet at the McNay Art Museum in college, uh, because they were doing like a Romeo and Juliet exhibit, different artists' depictions of the story through the years, uh-huh. and I forgot my fucking lines, straight up forgot the lines. God bless Mandy. Uh, my Julia at the time for getting us through it. I, I can only shame you so much, but it is a shock to me that it's not um, or surprising, I guess, that it's not a cultural or a, a mental touch point, liter- literary touch point for you I in just, the same way that it is for me. What I do know is the to be or not to be referenced on the signs for the. But for that's the not from Romeo and Juliet. That's from Hamlet. Oh, to be or not to be. That is the question with it is nobler in the mind. Again, and I have no idea. It's just Shakespeare. But yeah, the Elton John music starts coming in hot and heavy with Crocodile Rock right there at the top. Yeah. I just start singing is. along. It really calls attention to itself every time. It does. And it and it's and it's like this orchestration. It's not the actual crocodile rock song. Now there are actual Elton John songs that are in this that are yes. like that are the original recording. And some that are fun Shrek-esque parodies there. Yeah. But we yes, we get this really fun, bouncy, picturesque intro. And these gnomes are already arguing to set up this movie's version of the yeah. Capulet Montague feud. Top of the morning, Lord Redbrick. Lady Blueberry. Your tulips are looking a little limp this year, aren't they? Oh, I don't like what you're insinuating. The proper word is insinuating. Illiterate. I am not illiterate. My parents were married. Wait, off the bat, I have so many questions about these garden gnomes, which are in a very toy story style, you know, coming to life when they're not yeah. being directly observed. How are Juliet and her father actually, are we to believe that these ceramic gnomes fucked? Like it's the same question I had for cars. Yeah. Or were they purchased as a family set? I think that's probably more or less where it's at. Mm. It's that classic thing of me asking too much of the film that we're watching. We get into the feud of it all, and there's this race, and we get. And my first reaction was, "Oh my God, Dolly!" Okay, boys, y'all know the rules, and I don't need to repeat them, but I'm gonna, cause I wanna. And here they are. 
No biting, no scratching, no kicking, no burping, no slurping, no cussing, no squalling, no wrestling, no heeing, no hawing, and more than anything, no cheating. Yeah, and like, then my second reaction was, I now want to do this version of Dolly, Dolly Parton. Parton for drag. Yes, no, it was absolutely delightful, and Dolly Parton is a, it, it, this is a highlight for me in this movie. And we're led to believe that this race happens after, you know, Miss Montague and Mr. Capulet go off to work or wherever they're right. They have like these lawnmower races. Is there no one else home along this that's back my, alley? That's my thing. They were, they were hauling down there. And no one saw these lawnmowers. There's no other, you know, old pensioner home. No children, no housewives or husbands. Uh, I I don't know to hear lawnmowers tearing up and down the alley. And they're not. I mean, that's terrified, loud. minuscule screams. This culty behavior from both sides. I feel like we're being distracted rather than having our suspension of disbelief uh, suspended. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of these gnomes, it's hard to tell. Is the them one apart. in the singlet gay? Yeah. Like I don't. Yeah. Which I mean, buns we'll get out. There. Yeah, we, yeah, we've mm. got Mister Buns out. We've got the hammer thrower who kind of looks like the big nippled Olympian from the new Animaniacs season. Oh my god, yes, yeah. There's a lot of vague gnomic homoeroticism happening throughout. Yeah, I wish I could quit you. Hmm. Uh, multiple times throughout watching this movie, I questioned who this film was for knowing full well that the answer is certainly not me, but this is kind of for you though, because like you do like Shakespeare. So like rude, don't throw this back. It means just because (laughs) I can quote Shakespeare, just because I was cast in Shakespeare stuff as a theater major in college. That's fucking rude. But I mean, you, you understand the references, but I I mean, but I guess this is still just for kids. Still though, the Baz Luhrmann one is more for me than this is. That's because fucking Mercutio who I think is supposed to be shroom and you don't even get the reference because you can't pull fucking Romeo and Juliet out of your head to save your life. Fair enough. In the Baz Luhrmann version, Mercutio is a fucking drag queen and delivers one of the most amazing performances of that role of like, it's just honestly really fucking good. I mean, maybe, maybe at some point I'll, I'll be love me. Love me. That's where we get that song from. Oh, is the soundtrack contemporary. Yeah. Okay. We're going to have to watch it. All right. Well, you ready to move on? God, yes. Okay. That night, Nomeo and his best friend, Benny, infiltrate the Red Garden in disguise to take revenge by spray painting Tybalt's mower. But Benny accidentally triggers a security light. During their escape, Nomeo ends up in a nearby garden and bumps into a disguised Juliet, daughter of Lord Red Brick, attempting to retrieve a unique Cupid's arrow orchid. Romantically fighting over the flower, they discover each other's color before fleeing. Juliet tells her frog sprinkler friend Nanette about her newfound love, which Nanette declares romantically tragic, but agrees to keep their secret. So yeah, after the race, we get introduced to Juliet and her frog friend, frog friend, frog friend, Nanette, who is standing in for the character of the nurse. We get their dynamic a bit. 
Like these guys are made of glass and they made that they made that a point, but they're just incredibly cavalier with their lives. Truly, truly. <laughs> yes, because Juliet is something of a of a flower spire and she sees this, I don't know, a flower, a flower head, a flower file. They don't really explain it. She just sure. likes flowers, they're garden yeah. gnomes, it's a thing. And there's this Cupid's arrow orchid, which I didn't bother to look up if it's a thing or not. It's like a neighboring lawn because these two houses are side by side and they share a fence line. They are. I can't really figure out where this old Lawrence place is. I will say that Nanette is probably my favorite character in this movie. Hard same. The actress Ashley Jensen was on Ugly Betty for a while, but I know her from extras because she was like the Ricky Gervais character's friend in extras. Fucking hysterical. And she hams this shit up. I love it. Yeah, it's so, so I don't think she's in the same movie as everybody else, but she's committing the same level that everybody else is. She made these scenes really enjoyable to watch. So yeah, he's going to get revenge. Nomeo is going to get revenge on the Reds and Tybalt specifically for uh, sabotaging the race yeah. by um, graffitiing something. It's the, not the, the well. No, no, that's what they end up graffitiing. But there was a different target. I oh, just that's right. It was so unimportant, obviously, that I forgot. Yeah, I don't remember what it was that they were trying to get at, but but for whatever reason, it was... Anyway, it, they spray paint Tybalt's well to make it look like a monster, and in the process, they yeah. trip. There's like a laser fence in this house. <laughs> it's very Catherine Zeta-Jones dips through lasers, but it's not. that's not how motion sensor lights work. No, that's not. It that's makes <laughs> it... I mean, they're trying to go for this whole like James Bond-esque spy thing. I feel like this movie, similar to Paddington, was real big in England. Yeah. Um, and it might be where it made all its money for all we know. <laughs> but the feeling that I get is that essentially this is all a replacement for the party in Romeo and Juliet where they meet, which again, you won't have the reference for. Um, but there's like a masquerade ball and like they're flirting because they don't know okay. who each other is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they remove their masks and realize that, oh, you're from that family that my family. So hates. that's the greenhouse scene. That's the greenhouse scene where, you know, she's got her knit sweater over her hat and he's covered in mud to look all spy covert, camo yeah. covert. We get rocket man as he parachutes with some union Jack boxer shorts over the fence. I wish I could stay. Fu- Gotta fly. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, that's right. Into old Lawrence's uh, backyard. And every time they said it, all I could think of was Lawrence Cheney. <laughs> Lawrence Cheney, darling. Lawrence Cheney. Lawrence Cheney. I think, and also, again, this is coming from somebody that hasn't seen it. This did make it a little bit difficult because it feels unmotivated for a lot of these actions that they're doing. I didn't consider that perspective at all. Yeah, if you... <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to shit on you for not knowing Romeo and Juliet, but clearly the producers of this film figured that anybody who would watch it would have it as a touch point. Right. But this is a movie for kids. Kids are not watching Romeo and Juliet. Not for who this is. But are kids questioning the motivation of the garden gnomes that are falling in love? I would hope so. (laughs) But I I mean, the love is not the portion that I don't under that. I, that I don't think that kids wouldn't understand. Got it. What I think is that they don't understand is why they're doing these set pieces. That's pretty clear. He's going to trash their garden for revenge. She's out to seek an orchid, but she's trying to be subtle and not spotted by her father. So she's kind of dressing as a ninja. 
why she has a concept of that. I don't know. I yeah. think it's I think it's simple enough for kids to get on board with. I guess so. Ma- maybe maybe it's less. Mm, maybe the Romeo and Juliet thing is ostensibly for any adults who would go. I think that's exactly what it is. And everything is else is for the kids. They are now assuming that that anybody, any adult, and that actually does make more sense because most of the jokes that are that are aimed at adults have to do with the Shakespeare portion of it or uh, references like going commando. This is great. I love going commando. No, just keep quiet. Yeah. (laughs) Sex jokes. There's a lot of them. There's a few, but then again, Shakespeare had quite a few sex jokes in it. Oh, really? And well, yes. I don't know what my point is with any of this. It's not a surprise to me that they're there and they're executed. Well, again, everybody's, chewing up the virtual scenery here. I'm just so confused by the purpose of this film. There's also something to be said for like this color of your hat thing going back and forth. And I guess like, I mean, I get it. It's well, again, it's a reference you don't have, but traditionally that's how the, the Capulets and Montagues were depicted on stage is one all in one color and one all in another. Color. Got it. Okay. Yeah. That makes more sense now. Well, okay. You've seen West side story, right? Oh yeah. Same thing. Romeo and Juliet. Oh, Jets and sharks. Okay. West Side Story is an American musical version of Romeo and Juliet. I didn't know that. So after their disguises are removed in the pond and they realize that they're from the rival families and they go their separate ways. We eventually get uh, this movie's version of the balcony. See Romeo, Ro, Romeo, wherefore art thou Romeo, deny thy father and refuse thy name. We get this film's version of that. Oh, Romeo, Romeo, are we really doomed, Romeo, to never see each other again? Why must you wear a blue hat? Why couldn't it be red like my father or, or green like... Like a leprechaun, or or purple, like um, like uh, like some weird guy. I mean, what's in a gnome? Because you're blue, my father sees red, and because I'm red, I'm feeling blue. Oh, at any rate, that shouldn't be the thing to keep us apart, should it? No, no, it shouldn't. I couldn't have said it better myself. Oh my giddy aunt, did you just hear all of that? What are you doing here? I don't know. That is masterfully performed by Emily Blunt. Truly, yeah, but it's poorly written. Yeah, it's it feels. Uh, juvenile almost and then of course Nomeo pops out just like he does in the script version and startles her and she says the oh my giddy ant line why does she say that it's it's kind of like an expression like oh my stars and garters or got it my aunt fanny it's just very token uh english oh my giddy aunt i've heard it in a few things oh in fact i think it's even used in harry potter actually now that i think about it uh um, but we all of this goes on and he's trying to be stealthy and he turns on the, the grotto fountain and it starts to play Tiki Room. Find me. Are you kidding? Stealth is my middle name. I'm trying. Honestly, I feel like we would have this item in our dream Palm Springs backyard. <laughs> uh, I feel like this is absolutely <laughs> a piece of lawn art that we would commission. 
I did think it was really cute because at, at this point is when we were kind of uh, introduced to Miss Montague is shopping for lawnmowers because hers is now broken. Yes. And you get the Terminator one that's voiced by Hulk Hogan, which is so weird. Really weird. Ah, right. What have you got here? She's on the worldly widey web. Uh, no. No, no. no so. That one. Pick that one. Uh, Ooh, that one. Yes. I like that. No. Oh, no, 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 that one. Oh, what's this? Are you losing the war in your garden? Well, brother, maybe it's time for a secret weapon. Terra-Terminator! It's the most ruthless, 500-horsepower, grass-dominating piece of hardware the world has ever seen. Terra-Terminator! It's between that or the kitty or the kitten clipper. The which, kitten clipper. Which is super cute, and that is the lawnmower that I would own. Absolutely. It's so cute in the in that little bit of blue. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and Benny is sort of like peeking in over the window and really wants her to <laughs> uh to get the terraforminator. Um, she puts the kitty clipper in her basket, but then doesn't immediately doesn't check out purchase it. Yes. Yeah. So mm. weird. Um anyway, let's move on. Nomeo and Juliet continue to meet secretly in the nearby garden where they encounter a pink plastic flamingo named Featherstone who encourages their love. Lord Redbrick pairs Juliet instead with a red gnome named Paris. Uninterested, Juliet distracts him with Nanette, who has feelings for him. Oh. Lady Blueberry is distraught after the Reds infiltrate the garden and destroy the plant nurtured by Nomeo's late father. The Blues urge Nomeo to take revenge on the Reds, and is about to spray their prized tulips with insecticide when Juliet sees him and he backs out of the attack. So this all starts with the makeover montage as they're going to start going on these dates. Yeah, the song is Don't Go Breaking My Heart. Definitely not. Don't go breaking my heart I couldn't if I tried Oh honey, if I get restless But this makeover montage is so different than anything else in the movie. Like they're in this odd dream space. Yeah. There's 2D animation that comes in for like the wipes and the cuts in the montage. It's all oddly gendered for objects that are ostensibly inanimate and themselves genderless. Yeah. And sexless. They're fucking concrete lawn gnomes. The one dude gets his hat chopped off and he's clearly just plaster inside. Like I don't understand why everything's so specifically gendered and in fact it would have been funnier to me if the montage was them being cleaned in the exact same ways that would be delightful like with like turtle wax or what you know what i mean i don't know it would have been funnier to me if it weren't oh well she's gonna get her eye makeup painted and she's gonna get a Mm -hmm. mani petty and she's you know what i mean yeah we're gonna buff her tits and shrink her waist or whatever it was just it seemed excessive (laughs) Yeah, so Paris comes along and he's voiced by Stephen Merchant. Yes. Who's delightful as <laughs> yes. Paris. I kind of bummed that like she was just so dismissive of him. It's I'm like, not she I mean that's the story, right? But that hedge that he made for her was just the topiary the that topiary. was his uh his own crossbreed of flowers that he called fox butts. 
Did he? Yeah, that was the line. <laughs> uh, I don't obviously do whatever you want, but my, my point was surely it's a bit rude to leave me on a first date. First date? Yeah, and I thought, what does a boyfriend... Boyfriend? Get his girlfriend. Girlfriend? Ooh, this is good. A small token of my affection. Oh, wow. Juliet, do you realise what this is? It is my own hybrid of fox, glove and buttercup. <gasps> a love triangle! Which I call fox butt. And you! I never knew you were such a devil. <laughs> That's delightful. But yeah, she she throws Nanette at him, who's smitten. Yes. And manages to get away so that they could go meet in the old orange chainy and find an old lawnmower. They at one point got their heads stuck in that fence and are trying to kiss. Well, he tried to go in and That's right. she pulled back. They get into this old shed. They open the shed with like this little wire. That they just find on the ground and the lock just pops right off. And this is one of those places where I had a note where like, I don't remember Romeo and Juliet doing some light B and E in the original (laughs) script, but maybe I'm misremembering. Like I can't recall the analog for this bit. Uh, But we do get introduced to this delightful flamingo. Do you think I scared it? Oh, definitely. I know I'm scared. (laughs) Look at that baby, huh? Watch me now. Oh, by the way, thanks for finding my leg and setting me free. I love you! Do you know what it's like to be trapped for 20 years all alone by yourself? No one for to talk at? Hola, Featherstone. Como esta usted? Yes, Featherstone. Yeah, I love him as well. As do I. He's uh, quite a bit. <laughs> uh, he's voiced by Jim Cummings, who we've talked about on, we talked about in Princess and the Frog because he's right in Princess and the Frog, but also he's Pointy the Pooh, and I think Tigger. Yeah. And uh, this flamingo gives off a very Hank Azaria in the bird cage meets Tigger kind of vibe. Guatemala in this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Excuse me. Hello. Ooh. Hello. What did you think? I think you look like Lucy's stunt double. No, I'm a combination of Lucy and Ricky. It's terrifying. Go get the one. <laughs> but yes, I have. I love this flamingo until it started talking. Like <laughs> his bopping around. Nothing against uh, Mr. Cummings and his performance, but it, I, it got a little Jar Jar Binksy there at the it start. It did, yeah. That said, when they're trying to to blow the dandelion seeds, he, he's a flamingo trying to do that. He's, he's kind of hard with a beak. Go on, make a wish and then blow on it. It's kind of hard with a beak, huh? Kind of pass you out, huh? I'm going to sit down now. <laughs> I, it's one of those moments where I laughed and got mad at myself for laughing. Yes, he could cod, and it was yeah. I, again, the performances are solid; they're top notch. It's just and Nanette's falling in love with Paris, and we get this weird American Beauty reference. And oh the note that God. I had was no, no Nanette, um, which is another Broadway reference that you won't get. But who is that for? But no, but that that's that like these rose petals naked, on these frog titties. Uh, that are not there. They, there's no vagina. There's no tits <laughs> on this frog. And yet there are rose petals that are strategically placed where those things. Uh, there are no kids that are going to get an American beauty. Reference. And every adult in the room who gets the reference is going to feel weird because they're going to remember. Oh, right. That's a reference to a naked woman. 
this a is a young frog. naked woman. Yeah, there's a like, lot going on ugh, here that's mm, just odd, frankly. Yeah. I did my last note for this section, though, is that Statham's Tybalt is actually pretty good, though. And you I would so? love to. I, yeah, I mean, again, he's chewing the scenery as yeah, this character. He's, yeah. He's fucking committing to the bit. And now I just kind of want to see Statham on stage as Tybalt. I think he'd fucking <laughs> kill it. Pun intended. Intend your punch, you coward. <laughs> well, well, well. If it isn't little big hat Benny. Miss with that gun, will ya? <laughs> At their next meeting, Nomeo and Julia argue until interrupted by Featherstone, who tells them he lost his wife when the couple who owned the garden's house broke up and each took a flamingo. Benny sees them and runs into the alleyway, unbeknownst that Tybalt is waiting with his lawnmower. He attempts to run Benny down and just chops off his hat. Nomeo intervenes, and he and Tybalt fight until the lawnmower runs into a wall, shattering Tybalt. The Reds attack Nomeo, believing him responsible for Tybalt's death, and Nomeo ends up in the road. A large truck rumbles past as everyone hears another crash, leading everyone to believe Nomeo has been run over. Yeah... Who is this tragic tale of divorce for? Yeah, the synopsis is is wrong because the guy doesn't take a flamingo. He leaves it behind. He does. Which means that woman broke up the set for some fucking reason. No, he doesn't leave it behind. Like there's a newspaper thing clipping about foreclosure. Hoping and believing the love built this garden for the two of us to dream in. You know, other people's hate destroyed my love, and I couldn't do nothing about it. But you, you can. Like, uh, this is this is just a depression montage. Yeah, this was, this was wild. I didn't have control over my own life because... The couple who lived here broke up and the house went into foreclosure. Yeah. And literally disintegrated. Like they, this house literally like fell in. Like, it's, so like how long has it been even? I think he said 20 years. He had been in that shed for 20 years. Holy shit. Right. This is what's kind of wild. It, what's wild is that no one in Stratford upon Avon then bought that property and built a new house on it. If only to turn it into an Airbnb that or something that is prime tourist property you're literally spitting distance from a shakespeare statue voiced by patrick stewart it's kind of like you know in in up where like in the beginning of it it's like the sadness the sadness yeah and this like comes this in the middle really heavy For like no moment reason. he couldn't just be <laughs> hey kids you know uh don't don't you decide your own life don't let someone else decide it for you in another in a way that was considerably less depressing because even the yeah. children in the room now have to ask their their parents about what happened yeah, why, why? And their parents have to explain the concept of divorce. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, this is essentially saying if mommy and dad, daddy fight once, they will split up and the flamingos will be like forever. And your house will be destroyed and you'll be paying for it for 20 years. Yeah. Until you purchase a wife on the internet. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> 
Also, as all of this is happening and they're trying to figure out what's happening between Tybalt and Nomeo and that jogger comes by and is about to turn down the alley. How fucking terrifying. You're out on a run. You start to turn down this alley and there's 50 <laughs> lawn ornaments strategically placed and all facing the same way. <laughs> that woman should have shit her pants. I would have screamed. Exactly. I would have been like, like there just, is ooh, a devil person. Like this is something bad is Eric's mom's there. house. I've showed you the pictures when she used With to collect all the, all the dolls. Yes. Oh my God. No, this is what I'm talking about. Imagine all of those coming to life. No. Ah! <laughs> The point is, is that would have been fucking terrifying. Tempest teapot, by the way, is another Shakespeare egg. Oh, is that Tempest in a teapot? Yeah, I forget. Is that a um, Taming of a Shrew one? Uh, that phrase, Tempest in a teapot, is another Shakespeare egg. This, this, okay, look, though, you love a bulldog. I Fancy do love a bulldog. loves a bulldog in real life. This is, I've never encountered this. We kind of discussed it last week, but we didn't quite get there. This bulldog got to Uncanny Valley territory for me, and I've never had that with an animated animal. Yes, I think it's because they make it a point not to show human faces. Um, similar Much. to like what Toy Story does. Yeah. You could sometimes in the distance, but never full straight clips. on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Generally, it's harder to animate faces. And especially in 2011, we're talking 10 years ago when this came out. Well, but the gnomes are humanoid faces. It's not they that far are, off. But, but it's it's the, the texture of them lends itself. Which is great, by the way. There were the close-up shots where you could kind of almost feel. Yeah, and I think that's the that's the issue, is that they really focused on making the gnome textures really, really good. Sure. And all of the ancillary characters that are never really on screen for that long, a humans and other animals, really didn't get the same time. Because even the flamingo, it, it being plastic still looks plastic yeah and, it do, and they do a good job with that I, the face of the bulldog however is very detailed because there's a bunch of close-ups with it but the body and this is where i think you're getting the uncanny valley from is that the body doesn't feel like it it belongs on that face of maybe the that's what it is yeah, yeah 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 maybe 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 but when it got its head stuck in that pipe you giggled like a school girl i loved it <laughs> it was super cute Juliet expresses her love for Nomeo and attempts to walk out onto the roadway, but Lord Redbrick, who lost his wife, stops her and has Juliet's feet glued to her tower. Nomeo's mushroom friend, Shroom, discovers that Nomeo is still alive, carried off by a dog to a nearby park. Meh. Benny uses Miss Montague's computer to order a powerful terraforminator lawnmower, seeking revenge on the Reds, while Shroom and Featherstone reach the park where Nomeo climbs onto a statue of William Shakespeare and tells him his story. Shakespeare declares Nomeo's tale is similar to his own of Romeo and Juliet and that it is likely Nomeo's will have a tragic ending as well. Yeah, Lord Redbrick imprisoned his daughter. Yeah, literally abusing his children, like gluing them down, yeah. not letting them leave one place like that. That was permanent. You know, Michael Caine delivers a heartbreaking Ugh. reasoning for it, but ultimately he's. But again, it, they're inanimate objects, so maybe it doesn't fucking matter. Like, I, that's what I don't understand. I start getting into the, the theology and, and philosophy. And, right, and but they are, they are specifically 
like they are painting them as individual people yeah, and like it, but still they're it's it's treating them like that and i feel like it's just it was kind of gross well yes and not for nothing it's similarly disturbing that benny ends up in a boob cup as he somehow manages to <laughs> come up through the washing machine drain yes, and then pop out a wild a, a great bra. outside they open up and it's enough space for a gnome which a is gnome. which is like maybe a foot tall fish size minimum right to go through the piping and then get into the washing machine, which yeah. is a front loading washing machine, Fucking which wild. doesn't have any large holes in it because no. your clothes would fall through it. It's like eco front. It doesn't make any sense. No sense. You can't uh, scratch the surface too much. And again, I don't remember the part in the original script where Benvolio is going through women's underwear in order to <laughs> get revenge on the Capulets. It's just it's so confusing. And then he does a scored dance uh, to order the Terra Furminator. the war in your garden? Never! Well, brother, maybe it's time for a secret weapon. Bring it on! Terra Terminator! This one's for Nomeo! Meow! And this boutique lawnmower website apparently offers one-hour delivery. Yeah, it was kind of <laughs> nonsense because it was like, just looking like three-day, two-day, one-day, one-hour delivery. And this was in 2011. Prime Now did not exist. No! Also to note on the screen of this laptop is a David Hasselhoff, just like a uh, severed head, just like bopping from corner to corner. Like that this is DVD. an oddly misleading description. It, it is not David Hasselhoff's severed head. It is a screensaver that is just David Hasselhoff's face bouncing around. Fair enough. Don't mislead people who won't have watched this movie <laughs> into thinking that suddenly in this, uh, third degree removed Disney animated film. There is a decapitated David Hasselhoff floating around on a fake banana book, MacBook. Yeah. Whatever. How dare you, sir? <laughs> so cut to uh, Shakespeare saying, that's what he said. Yeah. And you can count on you, you little buttonhead. What is it, boy? Oh, he hasn't stopped. Yagadi, yagadi, yak. He's been going on and on and on. She's the alley. Chocolates in stranger, chocolates in stranger, chocolates in stranger, chocolates Juliet's in stranger. Juliet's in danger. No, that's not it. <gasps> Juliet's in danger. Told you so. Come on, boys. I've got to get back to Juliet and save her. That's what he said. But she was dead before he got home. Wait, how how did Nomeo get all the way on top of his head? Girl, I don't know. How and how did any of this happen? And neither of these inanimate objects are being observed enough for them to have. Right. This life right now. Shakespeare essentially kind of saying that, hey, you know, this sounds familiar to my story. You probably are all going to die. <laughs> and then promptly knocks Nomeo off of him as a statue. And we think he's going to die. And this is where that moment's happening. Uh, and then Featherbottom, that's not his name. Featherstone slides in to save him. The Terra Furminator arrives and initially works well, but goes out of control, destroying both gardens. It gets itself stuck while the gnomes wage a full scale war. 
Nomeo returns to Juliet with Featherstone's help, but the Terraferminator frees itself. Nomeo is unable to unglue Juliet and stuck in the mower's path. They share a passionate kiss as the lawnmower crashes into the grotto tower and self-destructs. Realizing the consequences of their vendetta, Lady Blueberry and Lord Redbrick end the feud. But Nomeo and Juliet emerge from the ruins as the two clans celebrate, and Miss Montague and Mr. Capulet come home to find their backyards a mess and scream at the damage. The blue and red gnomes create a new garden and celebrate their newfound peace. Okay. Your immediate thought upon Benny completing that order was... I even wrote it down with someone had to receive this order. And also she just spent 10 grand. Granny got scrumped. Yeah, she did. But when Lady Blueberry says unleash the dogs of war, it's another Shakespeare Easter egg. Do it, Benny. Do anything it takes. Make them rue the day they destroyed my son. Unleash the dogs of war. That they like, I get that like this, they were, they were trying to get revenge and didn't know that the, that the lawnmower would have porcelain seeking vision. Cause it's not heat seeking. These things no, aren't alive. What not. is that UI? It doesn't make any damn sense. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, blimey. And I mean, it essentially just destroys everything. Like this isn't a lawnmower. Who th- I get, I, I get. It's a backhoe. What'd you call me? Backhoe. Back rolls. It's just, a, it's a lot is what it is. Wouldn't the cops have been called? Something. Like this is loud. Things are being destroyed. These neighbors are awful if they are not reporting this because it doesn't, it's not until they get home that they realize or that the, humans get home yeah that like there's any reconciliation of the damage that's happened well yeah and even as as they're sort of fighting uh you know the poor sad dying fish falls to the ri- the bottom of the pond again that poor fish dolly gnome rides by on the gator which feels a little stereotypical of southern people and dolly's not even from florida no she's from tennessee but still i want to do this look for drag oh, and then sure. i can't really decide what's more ridiculous riding lawnmower with a homicidal ai and kill modes or that it would be for sale in england like this feels uniquely like an american product which is why it's voiced by hulk it hogan does that is kind of bizarre right it's not it doesn't strike me as something that miss weasley would actually hover a mouse over and then I have the, this fat, sad mushroom reminds me of Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Maggie Smith's fucking giving us Oscar level mother of a fallen son. Oh. I'm sorry about your son. I'm sorry about your daughter. I was just trying to keep her safe. And now the whole thing is my fault. Our fault. I think they should have died. I don't think they should have come back. No, to I life. think so too. I think, I think it- <laughs> that would have been like, you know what kids, this is what this sort of malarkey will lead to. And don't do it. 
You know, don't what I fuck mean? around with lawnmowers. Don't fuck around with lawnmowers. Don't fuck around with dangerous greenhouses. But James McAvoy likes this ending better. I know. <laughs> Anyways, I do want these Elton John themed lawn propellers that are there at the end montage. Those were delightful. The very Shrek inspired because there's, you know, it's um, there's it's kind of a parody Elton John cover to fit the the movie when Nanette spits in Paris's <laughs> mouth. Yes, that bitch is nasty. It's so gross. Because she kisses him and then he spits that shit out. Ooh, girl. Lots of water. So much water. Someone necromancy Tybalt. Suddenly he's all glued back together. Wait, this I is, didn't see that. He's at in all. a wheelbarrow right there at the end. Oh, no. It's the wildest curtain call. Oh, then they no. Then give Featherstone a mail order bride. So nobody died. Nobody died. See, ultimately. I thought for a minute that Tybalt was dead. And I was like, yes, thank you, movie. I mean, he dies in the play, but he comes back for this curtain call. Yeah. What was the website that Featherstone got his new wife from? Oh, uh, findabird.com. So disturbing because bird is slang for woman. Oh, no. It's literally a mail order bride. Can we question the ethics? Because they are just lawn ornaments. This is why they are just lawn ornaments. Stuff throws me for a loop. This is why I had such a problem with cars. You sent me that image of Lightning McQueen breaking the fucking tie with his tongue out and somebody tweeting. No wonder Sally liked him. But where did he stick that tongue in her tailpipe? We'll never know. I'm having the same question with these gnomes. What's going to happen with Gnomeo and Juliet? Do they have kids? Comma. If so, comma. How? I'm so confused. Yeah, it, it's it is. It but is. That's, it's so too deep. Confusing. It's not that deep, sis. But that's all I got. Well, I mean, uh, that's all there is. <laughs> that, that, that is. Drop the fucking curtain on Gnomeo and Juliet. Yeah. And uh, that was Nomeo and Juliet. That was something. You know what I would have preferred to watch? Nomi and Michelle's high school reunion. Oh my God, please. I want to see that film. Because I mean, obviously we'll see Sherlock gnomes at some point, but like, let's do that one. Let's do an animated gnome version of Romy and Michelle. How delightful. That that would be absolutely delightful. Anyway, how'd this one do? Well, this one had a budget of $36 million. Sure. Uh, it made $193 million worldwide. It made five times. Like, obviously, yeah, we I mentioned it earlier, but this had to have been like a global cash cow. Had I cannot imagine American audiences appreciated this at all. And I feel like I've been really shitting hard on this. I'm sure there are people, you know what? That's our brand. I'm sure there are people <laughs> who probably really liked this movie. And I don't want to make you feel bad for liking something so awful. If you like it, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll end that bit of criticism on a positive note. When we do watch Sherlock Gnomes, my hope is that it is a, it is a better executed. How about that? Me too. I, I just can't believe it made that much yeah. money. <laughs> Anyways, uh, critics, or at least the Rotten Tomato score for critics is 55%. Tasha Robinson from the uh, AV Club said this is far or far too much of the film is devoted to the eye rolling pop culture gags and long montages set to recycled Elton John songs. I mean, I don't know about pop culture gags so much as trying to make Shakespeare jokes contemporary yeah, and funny. Yeah, there wasn't really any pop culture gags. But this yes, a it's little... a bunch of montages set to Elton John yeah, songs. There's sure. just a better way to execute that. See also Rocket Man. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
And then, yeah, Rafer, 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 Rafer Guzman of Newsday said uneven is the course, as the bard might say, but the ride is plenty of fun. I, the ride is rocky uh, from where I sit. <laughs> Viewers weren't too much stronger on this with 54% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Rick S. gave it three stars saying, I actually kind of like this. Even my daughter was skeptical and liked it. His daughter was skeptical and liked it afterwards or was skeptical that you liked it. I don't know who to side with here, the daughter or Rick. Yeah. Uh, Angela A. gave it three stars in 2013 and said the Shakespeare references got the biggest giggles in our house, along with the parts of the movie that did align with Romeo and Juliet. Cute story, though. You guffawed a couple of times. I am ashamed at some of the <laughs> belly laughs I did. Yes, absolutely. You're not wrong. It wasn't awful. It's not as bad as Garfield. No, it wasn't as bad as Garfield. <laughs> and it's not the worst thing we've watched for this show. No, it's not. It's it, it is... I would say middle of the road. Yeah, it's not like I want the time back. No. I enjoyed myself. Mm. If you are a fan of Shakespeare and you also are a fan of lawn gnomes, this probably is right in your wheelhouse. It seems like such a niche market, doesn't it? it I almost choked when you said that just now. <laughs> but I, I mean, it, it wasn't again. It wasn't awful. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't feel like this time was wasted. Truly. You know what? I think honestly made it. Not worth it, but mm-hmm. certainly not a torture is that any time a ham fisted Elton John instrumental came in, at least I could sing along. Yeah. Like it was again, I, it's why I like watching. I mean, to be fair, Rocket Man was great. We loved Rocket Man. We bought Rocket oh, Man. We saw it yeah, in theaters. Delightful. Yeah. But I'll go to sleep to it just because I like hearing yeah. Yeah, Elton John sing me to sleep. So is this a new movie that we're going to go to sleep? to? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. Absolutely not. So uh, this was nominated for a Golden Globe Award for Best Original Song, Hello, Hello. It's a, it was a lovely song. Yeah. I quite enjoyed it. Um, Didn't win, though. No. So, well, you know, hey. hey. So there is a bit of trivia. I didn't go into a lot of it because it was really wacky. So the Wikipedia page, I think we mentioned this a little bit. It's really truncated for a movie that has clearly changed hands and been yeah. iterated on. But one of the things that stood out was the casting process. The director cast anyone necessarily with them in mind. It was very much like, does the just the voice match my yeah, image it was, it of was like the character? Blind, blind casting, blind essentially, casting, in, a, in yeah. a literal sense, where like they weren't in front of him. He was just listening to their line reads and going, yes, this one is this character. Yes, this one is this character. Which is to say that originally, Ewan McGregor and Kate Winslet were involved for playing Nomeo and Juliet, but then the director was like, oh, no, no, no. My Nomeo and Juliet are James McAvoy and Emily Blunt. I, I don't know. I like James McAvoy. I think he's a good actor. Emily Blunt is delightful as well. I don't dislike either of them. And again, every every actor in this film delivered a strong performance. Yeah. None of the performances were weak. It's just that you can't. I couldn't really tell what the hell the movie was trying to do. Yeah, it was just kind of nonsense. I mean, I get that it was trying to contemporize Romeo and Juliet, but mm-hmm. aside from that, I couldn't tell what it was trying to do. Again, I highly recommend Baz Luhrmann's version. I'm going to have to make you watch it, apparently. It's another one with a banging soundtrack, just for different reasons. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, yeah, let's let's close this thing out. Uh, we do have a Patreon. Well, we don't, but Mischief Media does. Oh, that's and true. And you can check we- it out at patreon.com slash making mischief. Yep. And we've we've posted some things to there recently. Yeah, kind of loosey goosey extended content, deeper dives on some things. We yeah. talked about WandaVision and the MCU and Star Wars, but also you can get content from our other shows on the network, mischiefmedia.com or at mischiefmedia in your podcast player of choice. Where can they find me on the internet, Clancy? 
Well, if you wanted to find Josh, you could find him at Josh Watching TV without the G on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. And uh, if they wanted to find me on the internet. Well, they would do that at CLNCY. That's Clancy without the A on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you could find the show at NonplusPod on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at suggestions at nonplusPod.com. If you have suggestions for merch or things that we should watch there's all sorts of new stuff always coming onto the platform yeah obviously uh and we are more than required to watch new stuff that we haven't seen i say required it's not like anybody's twisting our arms to do this no really we just uh enjoy making each other laugh and the sort of abstract idea of attention from people yeah, and I like the ebb and flow that happens with Absolutely. The, like, the things that we watch. And as someone who doesn't like strangers as a concept, mm-hmm. this is a great way for people to get to know you yeah. um, in in a manner that's not going to leave you uh, petrified in the corner of a room trying to find a dog to yeah. pet. Don't touch me. Don't- <laughs> <laughs> and finally, rate, review, and follow us on your podcast platform of choice. Um, not only does it help stroke our egos, it actually... Uh, games the algorithms for you to do that and so if you're enjoying us and you haven't done that yet we'd love for you to do please that. yes alrighty that over there is my husband Clancy and over there is my husband Josh and we are nonplus. so nonplus. we are nonplussed 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 you're just going to leave me hanging and not jump in and sing at all? I was trying to see what I should do, and I couldn't sing. figure... Sing! You should sing! Well, God I didn't... damn it, like the Phantom of the Opera said. Sing for me! Uh, as we mentioned last week, Clancy is just now following me on Twitter for the first time. So that's delightful. I actually, I, I realized that that actually is not entirely true. I was following you from my main account. It was my sexy account that I was not. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah. I, I just post pictures of cats on the sexy one. Sure. You realize people are going to be asking for your alt Twitter now, right? Nope. They will <laughs> never find it. <laughs> Don't forget to check out Tavor on iOS and Android for your 100% independent resource for tasty and tantalizing craft brews. Just search Tavor, that's T-A-V-O-U-R, in your App Store search to get $10 off your first order of $25 or more. Cheers! Bye! Bye.